This is the BFFs. That is Frank Stanfall. I am Greg Sussman. EY is here as well. Gentlemen, how's it going? Greggy, I am so pumped up. Week one is just about here. Thursday night football will be real. This week I had my final draft last night. I will be an auctioneer tomorrow night as well, Greg. Let's get it started. I see what you did there. (laughs) You had to just throw that in there, huh? All right. Uh, Eric Young, what's up, man? It's a great time to be alive, boys. Week one is about to, to, to be on us here. Uh, my best friend, my, my, my childhood best friend is in town, him and his wife. We're going on a, a houseboat on Thursday. Look at, again, I got to do this again, but I told you that Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott was going to play football. For God's sake, do yourself a favor and start listening to us. More importantly, start listening to me. I know what I'm doing. He knows what he's doing. Did I not guarantee it, Frank? Did I not guarantee it? He did guarantee it. He's not officially signed, though, yet, right? Officially? Come on, dude. Come on. It looks like everything's going to be good. Cabo, just in case. Just in case. I wouldn't leave Cabo unless I knew I was going to work. Well, you know what, EY? I listened to you because last night I had my final draft. This was a $500 NFFC league that I um, was participating in with Constantine, actually, friend of the show, friend of the program. uh, And we had six pick. We took Ezekiel Elliott. So how about that? Nice. Nice. Yeah. He should have gone first or second overall, but that's that's fine. People want to be wrong. We'll reap the benefits, won't we? I hope so. I sure hope so, Greg. I hope so. I've been telling you. I, I've also been on this bandwagon, EY, that, like, there's no reason to be scared of EY. Of EY. There's definitely a reason to be scared of Eric. But there's no reason to be scared of Ezekiel. Only be scared of me if you, stop, if you don't listen to me. Exactly. There's a reason. There's never a reason to be scared about Ezekiel Elliott because he had nothing to gain. He can sit out as long as he wants. That's right. There was there was no end point with Melvin Gordon. You know he's gonna be back week ten to get that year of free agency. With Zeke, he's just gonna toll. There's nothing to do, so he has to be back week one, and he will be. He's you don't fly back from Cabo unless you're playing, man. And all indications have been everything we've heard this morning is yes, it's getting close. It's about to happen. It's they're closing in on an extension here that's gonna see him sign through 2026. It was like 15 million dollars AAV. Uh, which is a similar amount to Todd Gurley. Uh, it's going to be like $90 million extension total. So uh, it looks like it is close. It, it, let's get this done. Let's get this done. So we have Ezekiel Elliott for week one. I understand a lot of people were pulling Tony Pollard up the draft board, especially people who drafted Ezekiel Elliott. I did it last night. I took Tony Pollard in round eight. It's very high, but I felt like it was a necessary evil. You had to protect your investment, Craig. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You're handcuffing a guy. Ezekiel uh, Elliott, you know, has missed games before. The Dallas is a great offense. They're a great running offense with a great running offensive line. There's no problem with it with taking Tony Pollard as some security. There's no problem with that. Drafting him higher than that is absolute lunacy, and not taking Ezekiel Elliott in the first four players is absolutely lunacy as well. But 
I got him ninth overall in my one home league, so I'm I'm happy that this happened because now I mean there's no way I, there's no way I can lose. Absolutely, right? absolutely. I think there you you are in a prime position to win this now. Jeff Ezekiel Elliott at nine overall, um, in a good spot there. I have one more draft tonight. It is my home league draft. High stakes there for me. Uh, unfortunately, so one of my buddies screwed up the draft time and got uh, tickets to the U.S. Open tonight. So we're not starting our draft till 10 p.m. tonight, Frank. 10 p.m. It's going to be a late night for Greg Sussman. It You're is. not used to those. Usually in bed by 10, 30, 11. I'm usually in bed by like 11, 30, 12. It's probably. Oh, well, then you stop answering your text messages at 10, 10, 30. That's not true. Most of the time. It's a good rule. No, it's <laughs> simply not true. I stop answering my text messages at about 11, 30, for sure. And I'm done. All right. I'll test that out later on in the week. Uh, tonight. You, you test that tonight <laughs> would be great. I so, can't test it out tonight, obviously. You're going to be I'll, a late draft. I'll, I'll be awake. Uh, hopefully you'll be awake, both of you guys. I'll be texting you questions that I have. Uh, so. Please, please stay awake. I do have a basketball game at 8 o'clock, Greg. Right. Uh, but I should be done by 9, should be home by 10. So That is fantastic. I'll time. be ready to go and help you out. All right. Uh, I know Ewa's an hour back, and I know he's got his friends in town, but, like, you know, importance. Yeah, I mean, I'm always you know, available he, for the fantasy best friends forever. Thank you very he much. He mentioned that this, this friend of his was a childhood best friend, but we're like, it's real forever. life adult forever. best friends yeah, forever. Course. So exactly. I would say that you are higher on the totem pole. I totally, totally agree. Zeke's the big news. Melvin Gordon, they're not even talking contract anymore. And, and what was good as a fantasy community, we read it right. Right? Like, we kind of read this whole situation right. Melvin Gordon, not, not coming back until Kareem Hunt comes back. Zeke Elliott, going to be there week one. I do have to throw this out, though, EY. You're drafting Ezekiel Elliott as a top four pick, as you've said all along. This week, he's coming back today. It's Tuesday. He's not practicing tomorrow until Wednesday. Should we expect a full workload for Ezekiel Elliott this week? I would assume probably not the Zeke that we've come to know and love, not that kind of workload. Load. Uh, I mean, look, there is no replacing uh, real reps with NFL players. Um, in Cabo, like I understand that, yeah, he was working out, he's in shape, he's ready to go, but nothing can replace game speed. So, uh, I mean, I, I believe that he will sign this deal within the next couple of days, and I believe he will be the starter come week one. I, I have not changed my tune. Ever, I have not moved him in my rankings. I did put Barkley one above him just because of the risk of I could be wrong. That doesn't happen very often as we've come to know and love. But uh, look, uh, he, he'll, he's going to play. He's going to play week one. I guaranteed it last week when we, I did the show with Frank. Uh, and, yep. and, uh, nice. and I stand by that. He's going to play week one and he will be. He's, he's probably the best running back in the league, so he'll be fine. Right, so nothing to worry about that. It was Elliott. I will say this, Greg. I think Tony Pollard has done enough throughout the preseason and throughout training camp as a rookie where he's going to earn a role on this team, and it's not really something we've seen before. Ezekiel Elliott has basically been the main running back, not really splitting touches with anyone else. I think Tony Pollard has at least earned a role. I think he probably sees five to six touches a game. All right, that's a, not so. No, it's not drastic, <laughs> but I think he's going to have a role. A lot more happened over the weekend besides Ezekiel Elliott. I'll tell you what that was next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back with you, BFFs. He's Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. EY here as well. 
Guys, we mentioned Ezekiel Elliott. We got into him being back, but that wasn't the only running back that is, well, on the move here from this weekend. As we also saw Buffalo not do the surprising thing, but do the unexpected thing in that cutting, they've cut LaShawn McCoy. Let's get into how it affects Buffalo in a second. Let's instead talk about LaShawn McCoy, who had, off, who had plenty of options where he could end up. He ultimately decided he wanted to go play for Andy Reid again in Kansas City. EY, what do you think of LaShawn McCoy's current value? And more importantly, what about Darwin Thompson and specifically Damian Williams? You know, LaShawn McCoy's value has to skyrocket, right, at this point, moving to, to arguably the best the best offense for a running back. Um, it, it, I don't see how his value could go down. Darwin Thompson is going to take a hit. He was a guy that was going way higher than I thought he should as a person that had never played a snap in the NFL, but, but was, you know, a sneaky pick that, that could supply you with something because of all the Damian Williams stuff. This hurts Damian Williams. I don't care what anyone says. He could still be the starter there, but this is going, it, it, I mean, best case scenario, he loses 10 touches a game, but I think it's going to probably be closer to a 50-50 split. Reed has coached McCoy before. McCoy is a built for an offense like this, even at his, uh, his advanced age. So it's, uh, good for McCoy, bad for Williams. And I think it's going to affect Darwin Thompson and he, you're not going to see a whole lot of him. Frankie, Darwin Thompson has obviously fallen dramatically down draft points yep. uh, with the acquisition of LaShawn McCoy. A lot of people are trying to figure out LaShawn McCoy or Damian Williams at this point, and we've seen Damian Williams, rightfully so, have his value drop dramatically. You were in major drafts all weekend long, including last night. What happened with both LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams, and who would you rather have? I would still rather have Damian Williams just because he's been going through uh, the motions the entire offseason. You know, he's obviously very familiar with this offense. So is LaShawn McCoy. He understands the Andy Reid offense. But Damian Williams, we saw him be extremely productive last year down the stretch. Uh, there's no doubt he takes a hit. And last night he went 4-10. Uh, and I put out the poll before the show asking where do people think Damian Williams should go? You know, because there's people still drafting. You're drafting tonight. There's people drafting tomorrow as well. Uh, and as of now, 31% of the vote, which is a leader, says round 5 for Damian Williams. And I, you know, I moved Damian Williams in my rankings down to RB19. I moved LaShawn McCoy up to RB35. Here's what I'll say. They signed LaShawn McCoy to a $4 million contract for one year, $3 million of that guaranteed. He is making $900,000 more guaranteed money than Damian Williams this season. Andy Reid did not bring LaShawn McCoy in because he thinks he's washed up, because he's not going to use LaShawn McCoy. They're going to use him. And, and, you know, there's actually a sneaky suspicion here, Greg, that he can end up leading this backfield in touches. You know, I'm not able to move LaShawn McCoy all the way up to, like, where Damian Williams was going or even inside, like, the top five or six rounds. But I think once you get into, like, that round seven and later range, I mean, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a running back who has more upside than LaShawn McCoy. I mean, you know, EY was just talking about Darwin Thompson, who never took a snap in the NFL, was going in round seven and eight of high-stakes drafts over the weekend before they signed LaShawn McCoy. Now, LaShawn McCoy, who understands this Andy Reid offense and actually flashed a little bit in the preseason, I think he showed us that he can still play a little bit. The upside is higher for LaShawn McCoy than it was for Darwin Thompson, in my opinion. So I wouldn't drop Darwin Thompson if I drafted him because you still want exposure to this Chiefs offense. But there is a sneaky suspicion that LaShawn McCoy can actually overtake Damian Williams. I don't think that's crazy. For anyone who... You know, just took a shot on LaShawn McCoy late in your drafts. 
as like a running back of the Buffalo Bills, like your RB5, RB6, which is what we got him at, at in the GSC draft, Craig, you are in love with the landing spot, obviously, now with LaShawn McCoy going to the Chiefs. Very much so. I'm beyond thrilled that we have LaShawn McCoy now on the Chiefs. It costs us ultimately nothing. I've moved Damian Williams down farther in my rankings. I've got him all the way now as RB27. Like I, I have dropped him precipitously. LaShawn McCoy is up to RB34, not dissimilar to where you have him. Yep. Um, Last I, night, we said if he fell to us in the fifth round, we would have taken him. And we took Duke Johnson in that spot. So if we were on the board... Duke Johnson versus Damian Williams, we, we would, I would have taken Damian Williams. Damian Williams. But, but, like, I think there's yeah. a fair argument to be made that LaShawn McCoy should go ahead of Damian Williams. I think the argument is is very reasonable. Like, yeah, it's just like, look, we saw Damian Williams perform in this offense last year. It's not. I understand we have concerns, and everyone has said this all offseason. I understand that. People who were anti-Damian Williams are doing their victory laps right now. I get it, whatever, that's perfectly fine. You want to do your victory laps on September 3rd, that's perfectly fine. To be honest, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, with a lot of situations, yes, we're, we're we're making educated guesses. But based on the money here, again, I'll go back to that. They they're not just like paying Lashawn McCoy like a backup. They're paying him even more guaranteed money than they are Damian Williams. So you know he's going to have a role. How it's going to break down, I guess we'll see. You know, last year the the Chiefs running backs averaged 25 touches per game on a weekly basis. So I mean, you could do the math in your head. I think Darwin Thompson probably still gets you know four to five touches a week. And then that there's like 20 touches combined for Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. It could just end up being a really frustrating situation. But obviously the fact that LaShawn McCoy knows Andy Reid's offense and that familiarity and, you know, they've worked so well together. There's big upside grabbing LaShawn McCoy in round seven or later right now. Or, you know, even if you play in a 10-team league, LaShawn McCoy might have not been drafted. Sure. Totally. So 100%. make sure you just check your waiver wire. Yeah, and I go, I follow the money, ultimately, that... I follow the money and I follow the logic here. LaShawn McCoy had options. He's got an offer from the Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers being the obvious other option, yep. given what Melvin Gordon, um, given what Melvin Gordon's status is. And I truly don't believe Melvin, uh, LaShawn McCoy is going somewhere to be the backup. He's not going somewhere, despite the familiarity with Andy Reid, he's not going somewhere where he doesn't, at least he doesn't believe he's going to get the majority of the touches. And when it comes to the Chargers, like, there's two other guys that they really liked. I'm sure when he met with Andy Reid or his agent met with Andy Reid, and he's like, listen, you come back to me, it's going to work out. And we're going to give you four million reasons why we think it's going to work out. And Jamie Williams, a career backup, and all the naysayers, like you said, who are doing their victory laps, that's fine. Good for you. I think it's going to be very hard for Sean McCoy to stay on this bench for the Chiefs. When I'm on the clock tonight, it's going to be very hard for me to see Damian Williams as a top name on my board and ultimately pull the trigger. Like, I could tell you I had him, what, what did I just tell you, at 19 or whatever, 27? I don't remember the number. I had him at 19. You I had him at 27. At 27. Yep. Right? So when I get there and he's the next running back up, here's who I have back-to-back with. You tell me who you'd rather have, Damian Williams or Miles Sanders. I'd still take Damian Williams. You still would take Damian Williams. I think Especially I was- in any type of PPR format. I, I feel like I just go wide receiver. And LaShawn McCoy went in this draft that I did last night, NFFC draft, $500. So and it's, not, it's not cheap. It's a high-stakes draft. It's more than any league in. LaShawn McCoy went 8-11. It's bad for him. Yeah. That's nice value. That's... And that was the round that I took Tony Pollard. But as a Zeke in, right. you know, as Zeke owner, I feel like I had to protect my investment. That's nice, that's nice value. Yeah, it is really good value on LaShawn McCoy. You know, it's just one of those things that, 
you know, it happens so close to the season and, you know, over draft weekend where everyone is doing, you know, the large majority of drafts are being done this past weekend and still being done today and the rest of this week. Uh, you know, it's, it's a really interesting situation because everyone's trying to figure out, well, where, where's McCoy going to go? It's a very fluid situation. Like if this would have happened a month ago, we would have had more solidified ADP and who, like, you know, if it happens a month ago, LaShawn McCoy would have ended up being, what, a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick, something like that. So there is still value to be had right now. Uh, and again, as I keep talking about this, you know, there was a report that came out from, uh, Brooke Pryor of the Kansas City Star said he expects LaShawn McCoy, quote, to take a large percentage of the team's backfield reps this upcoming season. So just doubling down on that once again. It's going to be a committee. It's going to be a committee. It's going to be a committee. The question is who will lead that committee. Same can be said for the Buffalo Bills where LaShawn McCoy is gone. And it's opened up opportunities for Frank Gore, the ageless one, Devin Singletary, and don't forget about my man TJ Yeldon. EY, you are the Bills guy here. Titans fan, Bills fan. How do you see this this, uh, running back committee shaking out? It's hard to believe, but Frank Gore could be a starting running back in 2019. Like it's it's hard to believe, but that that could be a thing. I I think, judging by what we've seen and the fact that they've moved McCoy, that they're ready for this to be Singletary, it, to be his position. Um, but but we're gonna see. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me for Frank Gore to start and they ease Singletary in. He is a rookie more of a prove it kind of situation so we'll see it's going to be interesting boys i'll tell you how i look at this draft i thought a lot about this this weekend i'm going to tell you how i see the bills back to breaking down frank will do the same thing we'll also get to houston as well a lot going on it's bffs From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. With you, BFFs, Fantasy Sports Radio Network's own sports grid, of course, on TV Zumo Channel 719. That's where you can catch us. And I know I have someone to read, but I can't find it. I know. Danny, I know you, you sent me. You gotta read. And where do I put it? Right, do, do you have it? Uh, yeah, I do have it. Why don't you read it? I gotta pull it up first. Right. I wasn't ready because I thought you had it. Yeah, no, I, I normally have it. I'm, I'm ready to go. Clearly not ready to go, Greg. Become the eighth person to win $1 million a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer or join the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. If you are playing Daily Fantasy Sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL Annual Pass with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. And Greg, I think this is the best time to mention that we will be running our BFF FanDuel contest as well. 
for the upcoming season, obviously for week one. We will not include the Thursday night game. It's the Sunday slate only, so no Monday Monday night games either. Sad because, you know, we get no Texans or Saints this week. Uh, no Oakland Raiders or Denver Broncos either. But Sunday, Sunday main slate, $5 entry, 20-person contest, top three positions pay out as well. If you were in this contest last year, you are automatically back in back in it again. You just have to set your lineup. If your lineup is not set by, let's say, Saturday? Sunday morning? It's got to be Sunday morning. If it's not set by Sunday morning, it will be booted so that we can get more people in it, so that we can actually fill out the contest, and it runs for money. So um, do that now. We're excited about our FanDuel contest week one, Grady. Absolutely, we we certainly are, and that brings us to Buffalo, where, as Frank was reminding me, I predicted Lashawn McCoy going to Kansas City last year. Shout out to Greg. That was cool. That was, that was one of the cool things. But you always see Buffalo bringing down, and obviously, anybody jump in, you think I'm an idiot. So it certainly seems like you idiot to the naked eye that Devin Singletary, just like EY said, most talented guy in here. That's who fantasy owners want to play, right? Like we've seen him catch the ball, we've seen him make some plays in the preseason. They're like, wow, this guy's pretty good, right? And then there's this old grizzled veteran named Frank Gore kind of standing in the way. Frustrating fantasy owners, but you know that he does everything right. He's a great third down back at pass blocking. He's fantastic, um, staying healthy on the field. He's a plotter. He's a goal line guy. It's annoying fantasy owners, and you know he's going to siphon like 15 carries. Right? Does that sound accurate? Per game? Frank Gore, 15 carries per game? Yeah. I don't agree with that. What do you I think he probably gets 10 to 12. I'll take the over, but fine. Yeah. Ten to, I'll say 10 to 15. Okay. You know what this situation reminds me of? What would that be, Greg? Two years ago, where there was this old, annoying veteran named Frank Gore who just siphoned all of these carries from this young and up-and-coming guy named Marlon Mack. And fantasy owners were frustrated all year, waiting and waiting and waiting for the Colts to pull the trigger and put Mac in there as a starter, give him more opportunities, and pull back on Frank Gore. I think for those that draft Devin Singletary this season, you're going to find yourself in the same situation. Because what Frank Gore does well isn't fantasy football related. It's the small things that coaches love, right? The pass blocking, the durability. Frank Gore is going to be out there all the time. It's going to take an injury to Gore not even ineffectiveness, a true injury to knock it out and get Devin Singletary the amount of touches that fantasy owners are going to want. And I've also said this all summer long, don't sleep on TJ Eldon either. He's going to have a role, annoyingly so, in this offense. I think we got we had every right to get excited about Devin Singletary, but I think as we take a step back seeing this McCoy trade, I think we got too excited on Devin Singletary. I think this is going to be a frustratingly annoying backfield, and I liken it, as I mentioned, to the Marlon Mack-Frank Gore year from just several years ago. That's how I see it breaking down, Frank. I mean, we could just look back to last season. Wherever Frank Gore has gone, he's been a thorn in the side of the running back that we want to take over. Last year, you know, it was Kenyon Drake with the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, this year, I agree with you, Greg. I think people were too bullish on Devin Singletary as soon as this news came out. You know, people talking about taking Singletary in the fifth, sixth round as a a top 30 running back. I moved him up to RB38. I think he's probably the most dynamic talent now on the team in terms of someone that can both run and catch the ball out of the backfield. But let's be honest with ourselves as well. He's only 5'7", 200 pounds. So he's not built like this, you know, every down workhorse running back that I think 
you know, some people, as soon as they read this news about LaShawn McCoy, are expecting him to be. Frank Gore last year, as much as we want him to go away, he averaged 4.6 yards per carry. He's not done yet. We saw that in the preseason as well. And I like the point that you bring up about TJ Yeldon. I just drafted TJ Yeldon last night, round 18 of a full PPR league. I mentioned this reminds me of Miami from last year. You know, I think Singletary can probably be like this team's Kenyon Drake where he probably gets anywhere between 10 and 15 touches. I think Frank Gore's probably between like 8 and 12 touches. And then Yeldon's probably getting like his 5 or 6 touches per game as well. Probably most of his work coming out of the, the pass game. He, he is the best pass catcher on the team. He has two, two seasons of 50 plus receptions already in his NFL career. So we know that he's a proven cast, pass catcher. It's going to be really frustrating, Greg. It's an improved offensive line for the Buffalo Bills, but still not an offense that we expect to be amazing. And it's a small sample, but last year when Josh Allen really took over, you know, the final month or two and, and took fantasy football by storm, he did not throw the football to his running backs at all. In fact, Sean McCoy was more effective in games that Josh yeah. Allen did not start last year because Josh Allen is constantly targeting down the field and they bring in John Brown and they bring in Cole Beasley and they still have Robert Foster and they have Zay Jones. You know, he's going to look at his first, second read, want to throw the ball down the field. And if it's not there, Josh Allen's going to take off and run. He doesn't necessarily throw the ball to running back. So I'm closer to you, Greg. I think that this is a really, really frustrating situation. And I think people were too bullish on Devin Singletary as soon as this news came out with LaShawn McCoy. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, Ewa, how do you how do you shake it out? Yeah, uh, Frank said exactly what I was going to say. Like he's done, This is the will be the third year in a row that Frank Gore has done this. <clears throat> you got to respect it. I, I mean, Frank Gore it has been an amazing player in the NFL, has been an effective player in the NFL for what seems like forever. He, he went there and, and – I mean, to me, it shouldn't have been a surprise to you. Frank Gore isn't going to go there unless he's going to play, unless he was promised a position on the team. Uh, maybe not a starting job, but a, a, in a position to start. And look, Buffalo Bills welcome to the 2019, the way that NFL teams run their backfields. This is how it goes. There's what, two, four, possibly five guys in the NFL that are going to be bell cow guys. And everywhere else, there's two or three guys. Most of the place, there's three guys. There, there's a pass catching specialist. There's a, there's a, a third down specialist. There's a, there's a, a first and second and short down guy. This is the NFL now. Uh, and, and I believe that Singletary could be the guy there at some point. I don't think he'll be the guy there to start. And I believe that, um, the breakdown that Frank said, that's about what the carries are going to be. It's going to be a split. And we don't believe it's going to be a great offense and, and it's not going to be great guys to own. Uh, I mean, it's just the reality of it. Buffalo, not necessarily the place you want to go for your running back help. Really any, but really any help. Devin Singletary all. last night in this draft went 701. That's too early wow. for me. Uh, the running backs that he went ahead of, Darius Geis, Tariq Cohen, Matt Breida, Kenyon Drake, Latavius Murray. Like, uh, we took Tony Pollard, terrible. Rashad Penny, LaShawn McCoy. All those running backs I just mentioned went in round seven and eight took after him? Devin Singletary, and I would take all of those running backs ahead of Devin Singletary. Who took yep. him? Every uh, single one. In uh, in I don't I don't know the people that I was competing against last night. It was you know some random person, but will, yeah, seven oh one was the draft. So spot. I will say this: NFFC a little bit different. It has an overall. So no, this is just a satellite league. Oh, this is just a twelve team league. No overall. Never mind. Yeah. Very dumb pick. Okay. Yeah, and this was the team's second running back. So let's complete the triangle then. That brings us to Houston, who had a whole lot going on as Bill O'Brien's blowing up everything. It doesn't care about draft picks. He's a moron. But. What does matter is when this team lost their veteran, Lamar Miller, we all jumped, and rightfully so, on Duke Johnson. But they had to bring another running back. They had no choice. 
And that running back turned out to be Carlos Hyde, who was shipped, who everybody knows, big Carlos Hyde guy. Goes to Cleveland, Nick Chubb runs circles around him. Goes to Jacksonville, even without Leonard Fournette. Couldn't get on the field. Goes to Kansas City, where it's just Damian Williams in front of him. Couldn't beat out Darrell Williams for an opportunity. Now here he is in Houston, reunited with Duke Johnson. What, how I look at this one is, guys, it's going to take some shine away from oh, Frank Gore. Going to take some shine away from Duke Johnson, and it's going to be annoying. But he's not going to be somebody that I want to own in fantasy football. If I have to choose a running back from Houston, it's going to remain Duke Johnson. Yeah, you're at, you're absolutely right, Greg, and. I don't really think that this affects Duke Johnson at all. I didn't lower him in my rankings at all after Carlos Hyde came over to the Houston Texans. Carlos Hyde, the past two seasons, has averaged 3.9 and 3.3 yards per carry, respectively. And Duke Johnson, all along, I mean, what I've said about him is I expect him to get, you know, 10 to 12 carries per game and three to five targets. So he's probably going to be right around that 15 touch range. And I think that that is still true even with Carlos Hyde on the team. You know, I spoke about this earlier with how many running back touches the Chiefs running backs average last year. I mean, that's pretty much on point. You're you're looking at, you know, between 22 and 26 touches per game for every team's running back tandem, and that's still the case for the Houston Texans. I think that Duke Johnson probably gets like 14, 15 touches, and Carlos Hyde probably gets seven to eight touches per game. You know, maybe some short yardage stuff. Maybe he gets down on the goal line too, but, you know, this team invested a third-round draft pick in Duke Johnson. This is by far going, this is by far going to be his best season. He's going to be used more this year than ever before. And in the two NFFC drafts that I've done this weekend, I took Duke Johnson in the fifth round, in the middle of the fifth round, in both of those drafts. Because in PPR, I think he's probably going to catch 50, 60 plus balls this year. And he's going to see, you know, 120 to 150 carries. I think that's really, really good value in a full-point PPR in one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. Not to mention, we haven't even mentioned, we haven't even brought up the fact that they traded for one of the best left tackles in the league in Laramie Tunzel. That also helps Duke Johnson. Is he one of the best left tackles in the league? One of the best. Hmm. I would say so. Hmm. We'll talk about what Houston did. We'll get EY's thoughts on Carlos yep. Hyde and Duke Johnson, and we'll finish out the show. Ready? Coming up next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. We are back here on the BFFs. Dumo, Channel 719, Eric Young, Frank Sample, Greg Sussman hanging out together. And EY, I want to give you an opportunity to tell us what you think about what Houston did from a running back perspective. We'll get into Laramie Tunsil uh, here in a moment. We'll get into uh, Devion Clowney as well here in a moment. What do you think about the running back situation with Carlos Hyde? Yeah, Carlos Hyde is, I mean... <laughs> He's a good guy to have there. You I mean he can kind of do a, a little bit of everything. He he's not great. He was was released from from Kansas City. They got him for for next to nothing. 
this is the air and opportunity experience for Duke Johnson. It, there's nothing there but air and opportunity for Duke Johnson. It, you would hear all this stuff when he was in Cleveland. Like, I wish he would play more. I wish he would, they would let him carry the ball. This is a guy that, that was, uh, you know, set a bunch of records in, in Miami. He, he broke records as a running back. He didn't just catch the ball. Um, so a lot of people felt that he was, uh, not properly used in Cleveland. That comes as no surprise to anybody. Uh, on, <laughs> under the old coaching regime, res, uh, regime there. And, uh, I think Duke Johnson could be the breakout player of the year. I agree with Frank going fifth, sixth round with this guy. It, it's just strictly opportunity. We know that he's a pass catcher. We know he's one of the better route runners as far as a running back goes in the NFL, but can he carry the ball? I, I think he can. I think this is, is going to be a big year for Duke Johnson, and, and I'm excited to see what he does on this offense. As Frank, he mentioned they traded away uh, a ton of picks to go out and get Laramie Tunsil, and I don't know that Tunsil is a top left tackle in this league. He's, he's been good. Um, but what are they doing, man? Like, What is Bill O'Brien doing? You had Dwayne Brown just two years ago. All you do is pay him. He didn't cost you anything besides money. Yep. Now you have Laramie Tunsil, which costs you first-round picks and second-round picks. And you still got to pay him. That's coming soon, too. Yep. What are the Texans doing? They just trade around, you go around, trade Jadeveon Clowney, you only get back as a third-rounder. Yeah, that was, was I think, happening? I think that was probably the most baffling of everything that the, the Houston Texans have done this weekend was that they only got they got a third round pick and like two backup linebackers for Jadavion Clowney. You know, I'm sitting to myself as a Jet fan and figuring out why they didn't jump jump in on the sweepstakes here because they are dying for a pass rusher. I mean, we could get into that another day too. You know, once I start ranting about Adam Gase in the season, but I mean, yeah, Jadavion Clowney going over to the Seattle Seahawks it helps their defense. I don't think it you know makes them you know one of these elite defenses that they used to be. They're probably closer to average now. You know, I thought that they were below average before. They're probably closer to average now, which might hurt Russell Wilson's pass attempts again because I know that was part of my thinking where I started moving him up a little bit because uh, the Seahawks' defense was going to be really bad. I still think that they're not going to be great, but again, they're probably closer to average now with Jadavion Clowney as a pass rusher. When it comes to the Houston Texans, just from an NFL perspective, you know, we were talking about this downstairs. We were talking about this with with Gabe Morency as well. Basically, Bill O'Brien needs to go for it this season. Like, he's got to make a deep run into the, He's got to make the playoffs first, but then he's got to make a deep run into the postseason in order to really save his job. I mean, I, I think another first-round exit might spell the end of Bill O'Brien with the Houston Texans. So, look, what he's thinking is, i got to go for it this year, and if it doesn't work out, if I get fired, I'm not the one who's making these draft picks or, or losing these draft picks in the next couple of years anyway. I think Bill O'Brien's just trying to cover himself, and, he, and he's trying to help the Houston Texans compete ultimately for this year, Greg. Yeah, Bill O'Brien cares about his job, himself, his ass, and this year's team. And that's it, Eli. And I understand that you want this team this year to be the best. But what do you think of these moves that they've made? I, I mean, have we ever seen anything like this in no. a, a billion-dollar sports franchise? Oh, we don't have a GM. We'll just let the coach do it. No big deal. Right. I mean, it's absolute lunacy. You're telling me there's not somebody out there that would be capable of being the GM. You, you can't do both. We've seen people try to do it before and fail miserably. I feel that Bill O'Brien is failing miserably at being a GM. Probably not something that he wanted, um, but, I mean, maybe he did. Maybe he did. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he told them, the owners, that he could do it. Um, I mean, maybe he's doing good for this year, but going forward, there, I mean, he's 
If nothing else, they're going for it. If you're a Texans fan, you better get all aboard this year and 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 hope that something big happens this year. I'll throw this out there while we're talking about the Houston Texans, Greg. I have a bunch of wagers that I'm going to put in uh, before Thursday, before the season starts. I actually have to get out to Jersey and get these in there. But if you live in Jersey or anywhere where you can use the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Houston Texans to make the playoffs, just make the playoffs to have that as an option, Greg, that you could bet on, plus 114 right now. Wow. And that's one of my favorite bets this season. That's wow. something I will be wagering on. Plus 114. We're going to go uh, over some of this tomorrow on the show. EY, we said, we said it all. You know what we should do when EY is not here on Thursday? Does that make more sense? Uh, well, we also need to preview the Thursday night football game on Thursday. We can do both. From an entire fantasy perspective. We can probably do both, no? Just a, a complete season preview as yeah. well as Thursday night football preview? That makes sense. Sure. All right. I mean, I'm cool with that. So on Thursday, we're going to do all of our season picks over uh, teams over and under, MVP, Rookie of the Year, um, win totals, everything. It's on Thursday. All right. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good to me. We'll preview the entire season as well as the Thursday night football game, obviously from a fantasy perspective. A really, really fun one, too, because all of a sudden, I mean, this is one of the most fantasy-friendly games in Week 1, from David Montgomery to Tariq Cohen, Allen Robinson, Mitch Trubisky, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, uh, MVS. There's a lot going on in this game, so there's a lot to talk about as well. Let me go back to your draft from last night and over the weekend. Yep. What trends really stood out to you the most, either from the be- from beginning to end or just in the draft you did last night? What, what stood out to you the most here, Frank? Well, I was really paying attention to all of the players that we've basically talked about today to see where they've gone. You know, the Duke Johnsons, the LaShawn McCoys, the Damian Williams. Uh, we've talked about that already on the show. Uh, but in terms of trends, I got Aaron Rodgers on Friday, and that was a $1,700 buy in NFFC primetime. I got Aaron Rodgers in the eighth round. Now, I understand, like, there's a new coaching staff and there's a new regime with the Green Bay Packers, and they're talking about running the football more this year than ever before. This is still Aaron Rodgers' team. Like, let's not get it twisted. That's part of the reason why Mike McCarthy was fired, and I think that they're going to be smart about that, and they're going to understand that moving forward. When Aaron Rodgers gets a play into his headset that he does not like, he is going to change that play, and he is going to change it to a play where he is throwing the football, and I still think that he has massive upside this year. And to get him, you know, in that eighth-round range, I just uh, I thought that that was completely crazy. But, you know, everything else that we've talked about uh, in terms of, you know, trying to get one of those top six tight ends, it's, you know, it's still something that I've been looking to do. Uh, O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, and Hunter Henry have actually been slipping a little bit in the drafts that I've participated in into the sixth round. I mean, those were guys that I was targeting for most of the draft season in the fifth round. I've seen them now slipping into the sixth round. Uh, some of those elite quarterbacks going a little bit later. Uh, just quarterbacks in general still going late. Last night I end up with Lamar Jackson in the 10th round, and then I come back with Tom Brady in the 12th. So kind of covering myself if, with a more of a liable quarterback if something goes on with Lamar Jackson. But uh, just, yeah, overall those top six tight ends slipping a little bit. Aaron Rodgers falling a little bit as well. And uh, this quarterback depth is still massive, Greg. I mean, again, it's I've said it all offseason season. There's 21 quarterbacks that I, I really would not mind starting, even in week one. Could not agree more when it comes to that quarterback, Jeff. And that's why when it comes to the Superflex tonight, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait this one out. That's what I did. So my home league, Keeper League, it's the one that I've uh, that's lasted the longest. I believe this is either our 10th or 11th year doing it, and it's our second year doing the Superflex. I ended up with Kyler Murray and Jimmy Garoppolo as my quarterback in Superflex. And there's a lot of risk involved with it. I understand that. I also have David Johnson. So if the Cardinals suck this year, that you team is going to suck. Uh, and I realize that. But um, you know, I did want a share of Kyler Murray. Um, and I, I think uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, people were worried about him. At, you know, five interceptions earlier on in, in training camp in the preseason, but bounced back in that third preseason game that he played in. 
terrific matchup in week one going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. And all of a sudden, you know, I've been on Dante Pettis. I like Dante Pettis. Everybody likes George Kittle. Debo Samuel is someone who's getting hyped up. Marquise Goodwin is starting to climb up draft boards. Again, it's the old adage for fantasy football. If we like all the weapons that are on the team, we have to like the quarterback that's throwing the football. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has, you know, come at a bit of a discount. And uh, I think because of that five interception outing, uh, people were really worried about Jimmy Garoppolo. But I actually like the prospects of him this year. Gucci Garoppolo, as the closer would say. All over the NFC West is Frank Stanfall. Over the weekend, EY, what takeaways and trends did you see happening the most? Uh, football is madness. I mean, it, you feel like you kind of are getting a, a handle on it. And, and someone said this the other day, and I wish I could give him credit, but he said the only thing predictable about the NFL is that it is completely unpredictable. And I think that's why fantasy football is the best fantasy sport. Nobody truly knows, maybe except for me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, dude, I cannot wait for Thursday. What a game to start the season. Week one, this is the best time of year. I'm so pumped. I'm going to be home. I'm going to be on my couch, uh, have my 40 screens pulled up, watching all the games. It's it's going to be the best, man. I'm just I'm just so pumped. I'm ready to get some results. How right was I? Brand new segment on the program. How right was I? With Eric Young. It's something that we have to end just, the show with. Every day. degrees, like we know that I'm right, but just how right was I? Very right. He's very right. He's very, he's very right. Andrew Luck. Guys, look at Ezekiel Elliott. We're all going to be wrong. We're all going <laughs> to be wrong. But the big ones. What were the big questions? The, the number one was Ezekiel Elliott. What did I say? I guaranteed that he would play week one. <laughs> Judging by everything, he's going to play week one. Ah. I told people you can't draft Aaron Andrew Luck. He's not a football player. Couldn't have been more right. Could not have and been Melvin right. Gordon, I said, because of the contract thing, he's not going to play until week 10, and, and you better not be drafting him where he's going. He's not worth that. He's not going to play because he doesn't need to play. Zeke needs to play. He wants to play. Dallas wants him to play. If you thought Tony Pollard was going to replace Zeke, you're insane and have never watched Zeke Elliott carry a football. So, it, I mean, it's this has been a big year for me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't even started yet. I love it. It hasn't, yeah, and I'm, I could be totally wrong on, on everything else, but those are three big ones. Those are three big ones. Watch the show, listen to the show. We're doing it. We're and doing I, it. I love that, you know, most people who have frequented the show and have listened over the past couple of years, Greg, I, I, even I was getting Twitter mentions when the Andrew Luck stuff came out, like, oh my God, Eric Young has never been more right. And he is right now regarding Andrew Luck. And, you know, we went over this when it happened, too. You didn't even want it to happen that way. Like, nobody wanted to see no. Andrew Luck go out that way. But it was like everybody knew the way that you felt, the sentiment that you shared regarding Andrew Luck in this entire situation, even dating back to two years. Yeah. So it's just crazy that, like, everything basically came full circle. And this time, like, instead of him sitting out the rest of the season, he's sitting out the rest of his life. So it's just crazy. He's not a football player. I don't tell you. Is simply not a football player. Well done. More right than I wanted to be. That's what you said. More right than you wanted to be. Exactly. Greg, I made a move in the in the pit league that you might end up smacking me around for a little bit. So I saw you made a move in the pit league. And I, you I, Albert Wilson. I want to apologize. Is it Albert Wilson? I dropped to Marius Thomas because he got cut. No, he's back. And then he got re-signed by the Patriots a day later. Did someone pick him up? I don't. I don't know. I don't really care about Marius Thomas. Yeah, you. I, but Albert Wilson is someone who actually is getting hyped up, so that's why, you know, I, was, I figured, look, if Demarius Thomas isn't going to play, 
take another wide receiver with upside. I don't know what's going to happen. Are you mad at me for making that move, Greg? No, I'm not mad at you, man. All right, cool. We'll I'm figure not, it out. I'm not mad at you. TD Westbrook, our wide receiver, too. Let's go. Not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins and D.D. Westbrook. Let's go, AFC South. We also have Mahomes and Kelsey. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go, KC. Yeah. All right, tonight, uh, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, a lot of recapping of uh, my drafts. I got to get told how I did by you guys. I'm sure I'll talk to both of you throughout the night because you need help. Hey, we should probably start just jumping into week one stuff tomorrow as well. You want to start? You want to do some start sit-up stuff tomorrow? I feel like we should. Answer, answer or, people's questions? Or we can do... Like waiver wire moves that you should have made since your draft or Wait, something no, like that? We got, we got a Scott Fishbowl waiver wire and GST waiver wire we ought to talk about. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, that's actually going to go through overnight tonight. We can actually tomorrow. talk that's about those. tomorrow night. Is it? I guess we'll figure Wait, it out. Wait a We're putting claims in right after the <laughs> we show. We might have that results to talk about tomorrow on the show. We, I've had the, claims in for over a month. I'm ready. <laughs> We're all ready. You can hear it. For EY and Frank. EY, uh, send me those claims because I know that you're the most accurate person right now. So Wizards talk is out next. We'll all see you tomorrow. Said by no one ever. We hope. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire like where Damien Williams was going or even inside like the top five or six rounds. But I think once you get into like that round seven and later range, I mean, you're going to be hard pressed to find a running back who has more upside than LaShawn McCoy. I mean, you know, EY was just talking about Darwin Thompson, who never took a snap in the NFL, was going in round seven and eight of high stakes drafts over the weekend before they signed LaShawn McCoy. Now, LaShawn McCoy, who understands this Andy Reid offense and actually flashed a little bit in the preseason. I think he showed us that he can still play a little bit. The upside is higher for LaShawn McCoy than it was for Darwin Thompson, in my opinion. So I wouldn't drop Darwin Thompson if I drafted him because you still want exposure to this Chiefs offense. But there is a sneaky suspicion that LaShawn McCoy can actually overtake Damian Williams. I don't think that's crazy. For anyone who you know just took a shot on LaShawn McCoy late in your drafts, as like a running back of the Buffalo Bills, like your RB5, RB6, which is what we got him at, at in the GSC draft, Craig, you are in love with the landing spot, obviously, now with LaShawn McCoy going to the Chiefs. Very much so. I'm beyond thrilled that we have LaShawn McCoy now on the Chiefs. It costs us ultimately nothing. I've moved Damian Williams down farther in my rankings. I've got him all the way now as RB27. Like I, I have dropped him precipitously. LaShawn McCoy is up to RB34, not dissimilar to where you have him. Yep. Um, Last I, night, we said if he fell to us in the fifth round, we would have taken him. And we took Duke Johnson in that spot. So if we were on the board... Duke Johnson versus Damian Williams, we, we would, would have taken Damian, Damian Williams. Williams. Would, but, like, I think there's a yeah. fair argument to be made that LaShawn McCoy should go ahead of Damian Williams. I think the argument is, is very reasonable. Like, yeah, it's just like, look, we saw Damian Williams perform in this offense last year. It's not, I understand we have concerns, and everyone has said this all offseason. I understand that. People who were anti Damian Williams are doing their victory laps right now. I get it, whatever, that's perfectly fine. You want to do your victory laps on September 3rd, that's perfectly fine. To be honest, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, with a lot of situations, yes, we're, we're, we're making educated guesses. But based on the money here, again, I'll go back to that. They, they're not just like paying LaShawn McCoy like a backup. They're paying him even more guaranteed money than they are Damian Williams. So you know he's going to have a role. How it's going to break down, I guess we'll see. You know, last year, the, the Chiefs running backs 
averaged 25 touches per game on a weekly basis. So, I mean, you could do the math in your head. I think Darwin Thompson probably still gets, you know, four to five touches a week. And then that there's like 20 touches combined for Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. It could just end up being a really frustrating situation. But obviously the fact that LaShawn McCoy knows Andy Reid's offense and that familiarity and, you know, they've worked so well together. There's big upside grabbing LaShawn McCoy in round seven or later right now. Or, you know, even if you play in a 10-team league, LaShawn McCoy might have not been drafted. Bro. Sure. Totally. So 100%. Make sure you just check your waiver wire. Yeah, and I go. I follow the money, ultimately. that I follow the money and I follow the logic here. LaShawn McCoy had options. The Los he Angeles, got an offer from the Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers being the obvious other option, yep. given what Melvin Gordon, um, given what Melvin Gordon's status is, and I truly don't believe Melvin uh, Lashawn McCoy is going somewhere to be the backup. He's not going somewhere, despite the familiarity with Andy Reid. He's not going somewhere. Where he's, he doesn't. At least he doesn't believe he's going to get the majority of the touches. And when it comes to the Chargers, like there's two other guys that they really liked. I'm sure when he met with Andy Reid or his agent met with Andy Reid, and he's like, listen, you come back to me, it's going to work out. And we're going to give you four million reasons why we think it's going to work out. And Damian Williams, a career backup, and all the naysayers, like you said, who are doing their victory laps, that's fine. Good for you. I think it's going to be very hard for Sean McCoy to stay on this bench for the Chiefs. When I'm on the clock tonight, it's going to be very hard for me to see Damian Williams as a top name on my board and ultimately pull the trigger. Like, I could tell you I had him, what, what did I just tell you, at 19 or whatever? 27? I don't remember the number. I had him at 19. You I had him at 27. At 27. Yep. Right? So when I get there, and he's the next running back up, here's who I have back-to-back with. You tell me who you'd rather have. Damian Williams or Miles Sanders? I'd still take Damian Williams. You still would take Damian yeah. Williams. I think Especially I, in any type of PPR format. I feel like I just go wide receiver. And LaShawn McCoy went in this draft that I did last night, NFFC draft, $500. So it's not, it's not cheap. It's a high-stakes draft. It's more expensive than any league in. LaShawn McCoy went 8-11. It's pot for him. Yeah. That's nice, Val. That's- and that was the round that I took Tony Pollard, but as a Zeke and, right. you know, 